What's up, everybody? Andrew Cooper here. And as you've noticed already, I imagine Howard Bender's off doing baseball stuff. John and Pemba's doing basketball. Actually, they've kind of been crushing basketball lately. I'm here holding down the football ship so I get to do whatever I want. I get to bring my friends on. So today I'm bringing on my good buddy, Jax Falcone. Jax from the Undroppables. We've done a lot of shows together, a lot of chats together. Uh, I got to tell you up front, Jax, we have a hard out at two o'clock, one hour show. So we can't do our typical two or three hour chat session here. We can chat, but uh, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great. I like how you have to keep the uh, the, the reins on the Mr. Falcone with his long-winded diatribe. So I'll, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll do my best. Yeah, we can hang after you and I will hang after the show. We'll talk a little bit about everything else. But yeah, no, we got to keep it on point today. Here's what I've been doing with the show. Uh, we're kind of in the off season for fantasy football, right? So what we're doing is segment one, we'll go through some news real quick, hit on whatever's popping uh, in case people miss things. I know a lot of things happen during this time of year. Two, I want to hear about your process. I'm bringing, we don't, I'm ramping up the dynasty content on Fantasy Alarm, but I want the dynasty players that, uh, in our community to be able to hear from some of the best out there, right? To hear from Mr. Dino Game Theory on Twitter and hear some of the things that other people do, especially with their process. So in part two, we're going to do process. Part three, we're going to get some takes in the great debates. Uh, you know, I'm going to give you a couple players. You tell me who you like, and people can potentially use that in trades. And then if there's time at the end, which I doubt there's going to be, we'll take a look at a mock draft. I've got some recent mock drafts courtesy of our friends over at JWB, some startups. We can take a look at some picks and figure that out. So Without further ado, let's get into some news and rumors. Uh, we do this show weekly, so uh, some of this stuff happened over the last week, some of it over the last couple of days. But the big one to me, man, the commanders and this hiring process, they're hiring Dan Quinn and they're bringing in Cliff Kingsbury. You know, we've heard that there's been some, you know, talking with uh, Ben Johnson that didn't work out. Uh, Mike McDonald, who ended up going to the, the Seahawks, apparently they didn't want to pay him enough money. I mean, what's your take on all this, Jackson? What do you think it means for fantasy football? You know, for Dan Quinn and Cliff Kingsbury, some divisive names coming in. Yeah, I think uh, Dan Quinn looked like he was hired by the commanders just before that Cowboys Packers game, if I had a, if I had a bet. Oh, you think it was already? You like uh, that one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, yeah, he just he was already game planning I mean, for this coaching, year. Just yeah. forgot. No, he was coaching like he was working for the commanders. Uh, is what I'm saying. Right. I mean, guys Seriously. were running wide open. I, I don't know how you get a job, a head coaching job after a performance like that. I think that's pretty amazing, actually. I mean, talk about you know just they had their priors because I mean that was the worst coaching performance of the playoffs was that Cowboys coaching performance. It was bad. And Dak, the thing is, Dak put him in a bad spot early on, right, with the turnovers. But all they had to do was the defense was stop the bleeding, right? Because Dak turned around and threw 400 yards and three touchdowns. If the defense yeah. could have stopped the bleeding, then they win that game, right? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, Dak always gets blamed. And, I, you know, he really, he really uh, couldn't cover anybody in that game. Yeah, no, that's pretty good. So, <laughs> yeah, Dak, Dak can't play both sides, right, brother? No, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, he wasn't great, and I, I, I will say that. But and then Cliff Kingsbury, I mean, if if he can just, um, if he can find a way to break free from his from his girlfriend for even just five minutes, have you seen his girlfriend? No, I haven't, dude. She, she hot? Is she cute? Might want to just Google Cliff Kingsbury girlfriend. I mean, everybody um, right now just. You know. <laughs> yeah, right. People are jumping out yeah. of the stream to go check. She's a well, fitness model. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. wow. Good for Cliff then. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Sean McVay, all these guys, dude. I mean, being an NFL coach is pretty cool, man. And, you know, a lot of good looking yeah. guys out there. Shout out Dave, Dave Canales, right? That's another guy. Good looking yeah. fella. Young guy. So, young hey, guy. 
good for him. Right. I'll tell you, Cl- Cliff Kingsbury, for me, I like the idea. I just hope they commit because yeah. his offense is so different than everybody else with the wide splits and the air raid. And uh, yeah, you, like if you're going to get, you can't just do what the Panthers did and bring a group in for one year and fire them. You have right. to commit to what he wants to do because he's got to go out and get the pieces and build it. Right. So yeah. I just hope they commit, man. Uh, other news here. I want to talk to you about Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel. There we go. Uh, yeah. Right. So there is a rumor that Belichick did turn down an offer from the Falcons. Who knows if that's legit or not, but I mean, they're, they're not going to be coaching this year. What do you think about that? Do you think maybe those guys are a little too old school for the modern league or, or, or what's your take on, especially Bill Belichick, who obviously legendary, arguably greatest all time and uh, just didn't get picked up. Yeah. There was between three and 28 teams that uh, were looking at him, uh, right. I believe was the number. Atlanta was uh, leaked that. Um, no, I, I think it was like, um, you know, Bill probably came in with his own, like, you know, way of thinking that it was going to be. And if it wasn't that way, I'm sure he wasn't very flexible. Right. You know? right. And so a lot of these ownership groups, I, I was listening to Mike Lombardi talk on the GM shuffle and, you know, he was talking about how like, you know, and it makes sense. Every, everybody is in for themselves, meaning like a GM doesn't really like he wants to win, but he also wants to, he's self-preservation. You know, a GM's trying to keep his job, keep right. his reputation, make sure he's got a job for life, like take care of his family. Like that's what he cares about. Like, yes, winning is part of that, but it's not the only thing he cares about. And so a lot of these, you know, a lot of these front offices are really just trying to protect their own power and protect their own, you know, their own selves before really doing what's best for the organization. And I don't know, man. You know, there was what was the tweet that came out? Uh, Do- Dove Kleiman or whatever said that uh, Mike Vrabel's a little too big and Burley could be a head coach. I was like, what is this? Is this is like I'm like checking the date. Is it April 1st? Like, no, no, no this is real That's... shit that people are actually reporting. So, I mean, I know he's kind of a you know a ding dong, but you know the point of the matter is is that I'm I don't doubt that there's like you know rumors of this sort and. Look, I think Vrabel and Belichick are, are legit coaches. I think Vrabel was really the the prize of the of, of the free agent coaching um, you know right. group. I don't know why he didn't get a job. Doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, and you know what? You make a great point because when push comes to shove and it's time to fire somebody, there's there's three people that can be that the axe can really fall on. It's the That's GM, right. it's the coach, it's the quarterback. Yeah. Right? That's why I do have, uh, and, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll get to that a little later, right? You gotta, you gotta send somebody else out. We got some folks in the chat. What's up gang, Toronto, Dave coming in with the alarms and the undroppables yeah. true yeah. North with the undroppables in there. What's up gang. Yeah. A little meeting of the minds here. And I'll tell you what, with Bill Belichick, uh, that is, there's a lot of pressure there because if you bring in this legendary head coach and he yes. doesn't agree with the GM, now there's decisions made. And there's been reports that Rich McKay, I think he's like the CEO or president of the Falcons. He's like on the competition committee, and apparently him and Belichick have disagreed on literally everything. And go. I think they basically had to choose between those two guys, you know. And yeah. uh, they decided to keep Rich McKay. So whatever. I don't really yeah. know too much about Rich McKay, but I don't think I don't think Bill's too worried about it either. Like you yeah. know, he's like, oh great, I'm gonna go be on TV for a while. I, I was listening to Matt Barry. Uh, he had the bombshell um, prediction. He said, okay, the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. They um, they, they, they walk off. Andy Reid announces his retirement and Bill Belichick takes over. That was the- <laughs> oh my goodness. That would be, that would be a spicy meatball, but I mean, love that meatball. Yeah. Imagine dude. dude. Yeah. I mean, people would lose their mind. Chiefs fans wouldn't know what to do, right? They wouldn't, they know, wouldn't what know what to do. do. Yeah. I mean, cause so the both good. of them, I think, 
Don Shula's one and Belichick's two, but Andy Reid is not far behind in terms of right. total wins, right? So True that. Yeah, that's wild, man. Uh, one last thing uh, that we got news-wise, uh, Ben McAdoo coming in as offensive assistant for the Patriots. Uh, people remember him from not-so-great times with the Giants and also brief period with the Panthers. But uh, yeah. I don't know. What do you think? I, I think it's, he's not like they bring him in as like head coach or offensive coordinator, offensive assistant. So I don't yeah. know. No, I don't yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I think as an offensive assistant, that's fine. I guess. I mean, look, I don't think he's made for being. You know, a lot of these coaches and whatnot. It's always like we judge them on their record and stuff, and and rightfully so. But a lot of times, it's the players that you have. But you know, Ben McAdoo was six and ten twice as an OC. Um, they were eleven and five his first year as a head coach, but they had the second ranked defense and like the thirtieth ranked right. offense. So it's not like he's ever really done it. I mean, he did have Eli Manning. It wasn't like they had you know bottom five quarterback. So they probably should have been a little bit better offensively. I don't know. I, I know Giants fans are not eager to get him back. Um, his record ain't that great, but maybe as an offensive assistant, it's fine. I'm just wondering what character he's going to dress as this year. <laughs> Dude, so the the one interesting thing about Ben McAdoo that I've been hearing some rumors, uh, and apparently there there's more than rumors because there's like some some document documentation to back it up that that uh, Ben McAdoo is actually really good at talent evaluation, which Ooh. I would not have I would not have guessed. I was reading that good at something. Right. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. So I guess he's more, he's more, should be more on like the GM side because apparently he was really high on Mahomes. He's really high on Lamar Jackson. He, you know, people dogged him for benching Eli Manning, but he was kind of right about Eli on the downfall. So it it sounds like the Patriots, (laughs) as scary as it sounds, sounds like Ben McAdoo is going to help the Patriots pick a quarterback. Oh, yeah. That's something, man. Uh, On the rumor mill, you know, we've got, uh, people have talked to death about the 49ers in the practice fields. Who cares? Uh, yep. Bears taking Caleb Williams at one. You think that's the right idea? Yeah, got to. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, so, I mean, for me, it's like um, if Justin Fields were able to be signed on a rookie deal again right now or something, like if that were possible, right. then you could be like, well, you know, you get another four or five years of Justin Fields on a rookie deal. You could trade the 1.01 for a haul. But that's not what's going to happen. They're, they're going to have to make a decision on Justin Fields. He hasn't really proven to be a winning quarterback. I I love Justin Fields. So this right. isn't an anti-Fields uh, statement. But if I'm running the Bears, if we're running the Bears, you're telling me that we're going to pass on, on the potential of a 1.01 type of prospect? I mean, even, you know, um, just player analysis aside, we just say the, the statement of what has gone on. You, you have to take the shot on 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 Caleb you just have to you just have to say okay here's another opportunity even if you keep Justin Fields in the building I really don't even care you you don't have a quarterback until you do and once you do you're you're one of these these teams that can win it every single year I mean just look at the Chiefs everybody was complaining about this team and how good they were and because they have the greatest quarterback on the planet they've got a shot yeah, bingo, man. And here's that's that's such a key point that people forget. And it's this is kind of a blasphemous take for me as a Patriots fan, but mm. it, it wasn't about Drew Bledsoe versus Tom Brady straight up. Drew Bledsoe at the time was probably still a better quarterback yeah, at, the, yeah. at the moment, right? Yeah. But it was Drew Bledsoe and $100 million, literally $100 million, right? And yeah. going to the Super Bowl three out of four years was Tom Brady. Dude, that first year Tom Brady made like $250,000. Not even yeah. kidding. You know yeah. what I mean? And like – Going to the Super Bowl three out of four years, that was the contract freed that all up. 
yeah. uh, Russell Wilson going to the Super Bowl back to back years, uh, he was making like less than three million dollars. The reason the Buccaneers were good this year, right? Yeah. Baker Mayfield was making four million bucks, right? Yeah. Brock Purdy, of course, bro. of course you could build a super yeah. mega star squad when you Brock Purdy's your quarterback and he's making what? The three Eagles, million, three million bucks. Or Brock Purdy's making a million bucks. Yeah, the Eagles, right? Like that's how it goes, man. So you got to take advantage of that when you get the chance, right? Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, that's and, it for news. Yeah, oh, contract one and then two, the 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 opportunity. Look, it's simple. Justin Fields hasn't become a winning quarterback at the NFL level. As much as that pains me to say, it is a fact. Right. For fantasy football, we were rooting for him to get another job because he's great. He's awesome. He and he's, he and he's fun to watch, too. He's like, cool. He could grow. It's possible that he could become a winning quarterback. Just hasn't been so yet. Yep, it's a business. That's that's the yes, whole sir. thing. So, uh, yeah. and so that's that's about it for news and rumors. I do want to ask you on the Super Bowl. I want your. This is the take I want from you on the Super Bowl. How invested do you get in the Super Bowl, or are you just kind of busy doing other things? And it kind of gets to my next question. But like, for the, do you really get into the Super Bowl? Do you like go crazy with the prop bets and and the analysis and stuff, or you just kind of enjoy the game? I mostly enjoy the game. Um, I'll tell you this though. I don't know. Tell me what you so there's always a Super Bowl party, right? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, there's there's always like gatherings and whatnot. And I remember, you know, for the Patriots, I didn't like going to Super Bowl parties. Yeah. I just would like want to watch by myself. And like, I, I don't know. I was like a weirdo when I would watch the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I'll go to a Super Bowl party. But when the Patriots were in it, I was like, no, no, no. Just leave me alone. I just I can't. I can't oh, I make I make arrangements well in advance. Like yeah. I've I already know where I'm sitting. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's Tuesday. I know where I'm going to say it. When it. Last year when I was at my sister's house, I made sure they were, you know, because I already knew what my sister's setup was. I made sure that there were three different TVs going because I know, you know, people are going to be smoking in the garage. I don't want to be out there with all that. Downstairs, it gets really loud. I knew that I had another TV to go to that was my yeah. own oasis to watch. the. You know what I mean? So I always make sure that because this is what I do for a living. This is what I do yeah. Well, so. well, well, but even before I did it for any sort of a living whatsoever, I'm talking about like, I couldn't be around other people. I because I'll tell you, I had a Super Bowl party at my house for the you know, eighteen and one. I almost said nineteen and zero Patriots, and um and it was it was brutal. I remember I was sitting in the middle of the room watching the end happen as it's coming around, and there was all these people because it was I was in California, and nobody gave a shit about the Patriots. I was like the only one who cared, and there's just people like having a great old time, and I'm by myself in this vortex of like despair. It was. It was pretty brutal, and I said from then on, never again. Right? Yeah. You, you really, especially if it's your your favorite team, you gotta yes. have a you gotta have a place to beat it. I was in college when they lost that one, so I had nowhere to go, dude. It was yeah, just yeah. It, uh, New England college. It was it was chaos, dude. My buddy almost died. You know what yeah, I mean? I it was yeah, yeah. It was, yeah he, uh, he missed some classes the next day. Let's say so. <laughs> Uh, people not really wanting to hear the Patriot fan agony on the chat. I can tell that oh, makes a yeah. lot of sense. And a handful yeah. of Giants fans went out to like the green space, but they called it, you know, like the little, you know, and they were jumping around or whatever. It almost got ugly. So yeah, I'm with you on that, man. By the way, uh, for those who hate us Patriots fans, I will tell you, I am prepared for the, the downturn. I'm prepared for, I'm prepared for it. It's time. Right, it's it's gonna happen. I'm, I'm kind of excited. Days are coming. Dark I'm days kind of coming. excited to be to be the underdogs and be the you know what I mean. Like yep. it's we've got Belichick's gone, Brady's gone. You know what I mean. There's no reason to to hate. I guess if we could hate Bob Kraft, but there's no reason to really hate anymore. So by the way, I'll put a bow on the Super Bowl talk. I've got my my uh, my 
prediction. Here's the prediction for the Super Bowl. Oz Perlman, I said this on uh, Heath Cummings show, but I'll, I'll expound upon it a little bit. He, uh, Oz Perlman was at the uh, Hard Knocks with the Jets and was talking to uh, Mikol Hardman. And he said, you guys, you're going to win 31 to 21 over the 49ers. And he was talking to Mikol Hardman. He was not necessarily talking to the Jets. So I think Oz Perlman, the great magician, uh, you know, is right. 31-21 Chiefs. And as the confetti is falling, Travis Kelsey is going to propose on live television to Taylor Swift wow. with a shirtless Jason Kelly Kelsey there for support. That dude, that would the be TV magical, bro. I mean, I'm telling you, if he proposes at the Super Bowl, Taylor with confetti Swift, dude, and I mean, come on. Howard and I talked about this, Howard Bender and I, on the radio yeah. yesterday, and we were like, "What is Tra so? Like, let's say that happens. Yeah. What does what does Travis Kelsey do next? Like, I mean, how, Jason, I, Jason just smashing two beers together, you know, <laughs> shirtless." Like, dude, I want to lose my mind. I want it so bad. I want like, it. Yeah. Like, uh, but like, what the do you backdrop to the, the the queen of pop? Like the most, you know, just everything about that will be. I yeah, just, the yeah, chat wants not. it, dude. I don't, I'm telling you, it's like, what do you do next if you're Travis Kelsey? Like, do you become an astronaut? Right? Do you become, <laughs> you become president? Like, is it like, how do you go up from here? There's nowhere to go. You know what I mean? Like, you're just you marry Taylor Swift to the Super Bowl. I mean, it's just Little Kelsey babies. That's what you do. Yeah. Well, I want to tell people out there real quick, if you have your own predictions for the Super Bowl, like Jax is here, you know, saying that Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey, and Jason Kelsey all getting <laughs> hitched and, and crushing beers after the game as the confetti yes. comes down. If you have predictions like that, you should play our Fantasy Alarm Big Game Pick'em Contest. We have that set up right now at Better Edge. It's free to play. Free. We did this a week ago and gave away an autographed Josh Allen jersey you know, to anyone who, who got in played this free contest. It's available right now, and we're giving away a signed Jordan Addison picture this time. So, hey, look at that right there on the screen, the uh, QR code. You can go there, use uh, promo code ALARM when you link your account, or just use the, uh, the QR code there. You just go in, pick some stuff. Whoever does it best for the Super Bowl. Free Jordan Addison autograph picture. I can't win, or else I'd put it right behind me. If you do win, you are allowed to send it to me. You are, are allowed to send it to Jax. So go get set up. That's free right now at Better Edge. And again, you use code ALARM or you know use a QR code, and you can win a free Jordan Addison photo. Uh, so anyway, Jax, that topic that I just brought up, that question, it leads me to a bigger topic that I, I like to ask my guests. So in this next segment here, we're going to talk about you. We want to know. I want to know about your process, and I want to know what your football calendar is like. Because during the season, everybody's calendar comes together. You're doing football. You're doing college football, right? You one or the other. There's kind of two paths you can go yeah. by. But now, this time of year, the calendars really diverge. You got some people at the Senior Bowl. You got some people that are grinding film. You got some people that are just super invested in the Super Bowl. You got a bunch of people that are at the Super Bowl and non-Endurian friends of the show are out there hanging out, right? So, you know, you got people doing best ball right now. Best ball is open. Like, we're cranking best ball. The best ball guys, like Pete Overs, you know, they don't sleep. They don't stop. So, like, that's what they're doing, right? So, where are you at with your calendar? Like, how do you how do you go from this time of year into – because I know you obviously have a bunch of dynasty rookie drafts. What, what takes you from here to there? Right. Yeah, what's interesting is that I've become more of a um, dynasty player than anything else or dynasty content creator or more than anything else because that's what I've become good at. You know, I play best ball, but I'm not that good at it, so I only play for fun. I'm still working on becoming profitable at best ball, so until I am, I'm not going to jump feet first. I think the for me, I've got some ideas on how to become profitable at best ball, but 
you know, that that's that's besides the point. And you know, I I don't play Devi, obviously. I'm not a virgin. Um, so <laughs> it's great. The, 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 shout out to Canvas Canton and those guys, man. I love those guys and I love I love stealing information from them. Yeah. But you gotta be some sort of sicko to Hashtag be like team sex for me. I don't, you know, <laughs> Debbie is sex. You gotta choose basically, it's one of the other. It is, it is yeah. a cool, it is a grind, dude. And talk about if you think the dynasty people have take lock, the take lock you get if you're a Debbie dude and That's you're true. like Watching high school, yeah, that's the guy, man. Right, yeah, some guy recorded on his BlackBerry, you know, and you're watching this, like, you know, through a chain link fence. And Rondell Moore, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Listen, it is, oh. it's crazy, yeah. bro. But yeah, shout yeah. out to Dev. Devi is super cool. And to me, honestly, my opinion is, I'm such a dynasty guy that if you have a, a league and your draft is before the NFL draft, I consider that Devi. Like yeah, people yeah, honestly, are doing right. drafts now. Like to me, that's that's Devi because you're not. Dynasty is the whole package, so I don't yeah. know. Some people say, oh, it's still Dynasty, but we, we just draft before the draft. It's like, okay, I mean, some of those guys might not get picked, dude. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard. I, I don't love it, you know, because there's so much – I guess the point is, is why not have drafted a long time ago? Because there's so much information that happens between now and a couple months. It is kind of a weird spot to draft. I have none of my leagues that draft there, and I wouldn't be against it. I, I guess there would be another level of – of advantages you could take in that situation. I, I think I know how I'd play those leagues specifically. I have, I have my sort of strategy thought out, but all, I, I draft almost no running backs early. There'd be zero because the running backs are too volatile in the, in the NFL draft. Oh, yeah. The wide receiver is a little bit more predictable. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's obviously how you'd have to play it. And that's not as fun. I mean, I'd like to have the information. So anyway, um, but January for me, basically through the Super Bowl is like enjoy real football and I just kind of clean up my leagues you know uh, player uh, managers that are leaving or whatever fill vacancies collect dues for next year really kind of get a lot of guys want to take a break so I try not to make it a really action-packed area but then you start I actually lock a lot of uh, transactions until about now and people are itching they're like dude when does it open and then you sort of start to open up transactions get some payments kind of let people know hey guys pay for the league and then I'll open up and then we'll, yeah. you know, payments kind of start coming in. I usually will not make people pay so much until uh, the draft, but you know, uh, depending on, on the situation, guys will DM me, Hey, do you mind if I do this? Whatever. So it's fine. That's January. And then basically February, March and April is all rookie scouting and NFL yeah. draft research. I'm a draft Nick. I would be researching the draft as many of you listeners are doing, whether I'm doing content or not, I'm, friggin' into it. So I'm into NFL drafts. So that's a ton of fun. May is rookie drafts. May and June, uh, for me, I'm doing uh, team projections, player and team projections, and then off we go. So that's basically right, what my yeah. schedule looks like, you know, for what, what we're doing here. But yeah, I mean, May is so much fun. Right after, I mean, this whole time it's of year. Best, I, 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 yeah. It's the best, and I—that's the thing with best ball. I do them all year round because our fantasy alarm, our our people want to do them. They're already hitting me up. They're yeah. like, "Let's get some going." So we want to do them. We do them, and you know, uh, I got like little awards that I'm setting up the discard for Discord for everybody that won last year. So that's yeah. gonna be fun. Uh, yeah. But this time of year, I do write. What I do is I I sit down and I write articles for free agency this time yeah. of year, and I say this is what I think is gonna happen. Then I I do a lot of free agent stuff. I feel like people skip over that, man. But I yeah. love March 11th, right? Yep. You know. But I'm with you. Once the legal tampering period, once the big names hit, I jump yeah. in and I, it's all combine. It's all it's all rookies because it's got to be, man. So yeah. I love that, man. Uh, give us all right. Give us one thing that uh, if and again, we're going to get into specific players. But if you can yeah. give advice to 
the fantasy alarm members, like something that that Jax himself has used in your own leagues to get an advantage, whether it's certain players you go after, certain types of trades you like to do, two for ones or three for ones or whatever, trading away picks, making getting extra picks. Like what's what's an approach that you think trading away older players, trading for older players, it could be anything you want, but what's something where you say, okay, you know what? This is something where if I see it, if I'm looking through the matrix of my leagues, if I see this, I'm going to go for it and I'm going to use it to my advantage. You got something like that you give to yeah, a lot I of think, people? Yeah, I think the biggest advantage that I have, I say almost say we because it's kind of me and Chalk a little bit, um, only because it's Spider-Man meme. I mean, Chalk and I, when we started to get together at the Undroppables and this whole thing started to happen, it wasn't. it was born out of us seeing eye to eye on so many things regarding fantasy football but most specifically dynasty fantasy football and our process is what i think gives us that advantage and it was a process that is almost identical to one another's before we knew each other and so it's been a a super fun thing a super fun project for us to do together to sort of articulate that process and to refine that process so i i would say that's the biggest advantage we get and then i would say you know how people can take action on that process is you know, in the basic genesis of the process is like, I have a willingness to adhere to a long-term value, right? So a long-term value approach rather than, you know, short-term gain. And, you know, when you sort of think of this in a long-term value approach, especially when, and I mentioned this on yesterday, it's like, especially when many gamers are so like DFS best ball, like win now, almost like right. not even win now, win this week. There's guys who will make trades because there's a good matchup. Yeah. Like so, when there's players in your league that are willing to do that, and you're you're okay giving them that as long as you can continuously gain long term value, you're gonna build a superstar no matter what. You know, you're just if you just stay with that approach, that is a general overarching approach. But Chalk basically wrote a book on this. It's on our website. It's called The Art of Dynasty, and many of the the concepts that we utilize every single league is in there you know uh the bayesian approach and the iron bank and just all these things that we just we know they work we know how they work and then when it comes to player eval we'll probably get there but is my anatomy series you know just a just a way to sort of look at players with a non sort of you know that's my guy i don't really have that i just look at ranges of outcomes what's possible and and when you have a bayesian approach matched with a with a pretty you know, uh, even keel way of looking at prospects, it it allows you to sort of ride with it. In other words, Puka was, we were on Puka as soon as we started to see it. It's not like I was like, I'm the biggest fan of Puka ever. I was just ready to, 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 to be okay with him being good right away because I wasn't against or for him. You know, you sort of say, ah, that guy's interesting for these reasons. And then when you start to put those things together, you're able to act fast and make a trade for him well before you know i, I sort of i'll tell you the, i'll tell you yeah, what yeah. that's one thing i've had trouble with personally yeah. like i so with we got to admit our faults to some degree i do have trouble because i look at the hit rate and how low it is for day three guys i do have trouble coming around and saying okay you know what this guy is in the five percent right so like 95 five only about five percent or so yeah. of day three wide receivers do hit and it's so hard to, to for me to say okay you know this guy's this guy's the hit this guy's the one. So we're going to like, I'm on Ross St. Brown. I was one of the last people to come around and say, you know what he is, he's in right. Because in that 5%, you still also have guys that quote unquote hit 
that didn't quite hit. Like uh, his name escapes me. Who's the wide receiver coach for the uh, for Ohio State right now? Oh uh, yeah, I know what you're guy. talking about. I can't think of his name. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like oh man. Uh, Somebody in the chat. That. Yeah, not sorry. I, I did it to yeah. myself. But he, yeah, he's technically a hit for Dynasty because he had a wide receiver two season. But is he is he a hit hit right? So it's so tough for me. And the thing is, I end up trading away a lot of Darnell Mooney's and, and those type guys and Gabe Davis's for that reason. But also Brian Hartline. Thank you, Toronto Thank Dave, you. for saving us from ourselves. Brian Hartline, technically within the five percent, he's yes. a hit. I, so I do end up trading a lot of those, those guys away. I get value, but. You know, it just it's hard for me to to say it. And Pukanuku is another one where I think I think I have to at this stage say, okay, yeah, you know what? Here's the thing, though, when we when I use the anatomy, like Gabe Davis, Amon Ross, St. Brown, uh, there were a couple others along the way. They, these were guys that fit a lot in a lot of ways as um, elite uh, wide receivers in the NFL, except for draft capital. So you sort of said, well, wait a minute now. And, 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 you know, you say, okay, so I think this player is better than his draft, uh, capital, his draft capital still matters, but I think he's better than that. Puka was interesting. There were a number of them. First of all, the wide receivers, here's the, here's another trend that's happening right now. Wide receivers. There are more better wide receivers today than there were 20 years ago. Right. People go, Why is that true? That's probably not true. It is true because there are more teams throwing the football at college at a much higher rate than ever. So there are guys getting way, way, way more reps. There's all these, you know, seven on seven camps. There's, there's just so much more reps for guys, uh, it, you know, at younger ages, there's so much more NFL ready. There's so much more high level uh, receivers being sort of unearthed. There were probably guys back then, but they, they, they got, you know, four targets a year for, you know, in this small school. Now everybody's chucking it around. There's just so much more of that. So, you know, you look at like Michael Wilson, there's a lot of deep guys that were drafted that I'm like, man, these guys have skill. I, I'm not going to just throw them away. I'm ready for them to sort of start to elevate. And when, when, when Puka sort of showed this and, and you're a camp guy, he was, he was winning at camp. He was, right. he was, there was so much good word coming out. I know that I don't like to move everything in, in regards to just, you know, narrative stuff, but Hey, when it's all lining up, you have to, when start it all to lines up, moves. right. That's you right. don't, you don't buy guys based on just the smoke, but if no. you were there, if you liked, if you liked the wood, if you liked the build of the, yeah. you know what I mean? Like right. if you like, if you like the build of, of the campfire, then you're going to be in. And, and, and uh, even still, you still have to start to, you don't jump all the way in, but you start to put it together. Right. I sent a tweet right before week one. I said, if you're desperate, I think you can actually, you know, flex Puka Nakua this week. And people right. are like, shut up, bro. Yeah, and, yeah, you yeah. know, did what he did. I, he, I I didn't call that, but I was like, there was there, there in other words, we were piecing it together as yeah. you got closer. So when I saw that, it wasn't like, oh, this is bullshit. I was like, yes, I've been seeing this. This makes sense. So, you know, you just kind of have to be ready to sort of right. put everything together, not just stick to where you're at. That's, and that's in terms of in terms of the draft itself, you had a period where it was like, you know, you had Brandon Marshall in the fourth round and, you know, like Antonio Brown because he felt because he was kind of crazy. But like, yes, and I then feel, yeah. and, and then what happened is you had all the comp picks were added. Now the draft yes. is not what it used to be. Right. Like where Brandon Marshall went is now like the sixth round because you've got the, the comp picks. And you got the two A resolution picks. Right. You lose a minority coach. They get a third round pick right? it pushes yeah. everything down. Right. So. Yeah. Uh, so it has changed like that. The fifth and sixth and seventh round, like the seventh round is what used to, would be like the ninth. round. 
right? Yeah. So it's like, but but as you said, now so there's a long period where you know Quincy and Nunwan, those guys were like the best guys coming out of those rounds because yeah. it was such a change. But now because it's such a deeper, you know, the position's getting deeper and wide That's receivers right. are more important. Maybe now the fourth round should maybe the cutoff line does need to move a little bit. Uh, maybe not necessarily have it be the third round like it always was. And maybe we look a little harder at these fourth round guys. Fifth round, yeah, and I think I think you look at some of these teams and like you know when Jonathan Mingo was picked. I chuckled, you know, I laughed, um, you know, sometimes when Clyde Edwards Hilaire got drafted, I chuckled. Um, I, it could have been that I look when Jordan Love got drafted, I chuckled. So sometimes you're right. Sometimes you're wrong. Right. But, you know, generally speaking, when you look at some of this stuff, you're like, dude, that's not a very good pick. And it turns out to be correct. Obviously, they'd love to have Jaden Reed instead of Jonathan Mingo, I would assume. Yeah, I'm with you, man. And I tell you what, you know, I see Z in the chat uh, saying that sound process. You know what that is? The thing is. I have no problem with the process. Like I still trade those guys away and I, it's part of my process to, to just eat it. Right. Like the thing is if I sat there and had all these guys, which I usually don't, but if I sat there and had all these guys and traded away all the Jacoby Myers and all these guys, like I, you got to remember, I am getting back first and seconds and thirds. So at the end of the day, you know, you don't know. It's like, okay, I trade away five of those guys and one of them turns into Amon Ross St. Brown. Okay, that that feels like it hurts, but with the picks I got back, how do you know I didn't take Aaron Jones and Chris Godwin and all these these guys yeah. that went in the third round of rookie drafts or second round, late second round of rookie drafts? So that's part of it, man. I'll never dog the process for what it is, but see, the problem I have or I run into is that I do that and I have a hard time accepting the results once we get beyond that point, right? Like for me to turn around and say, okay, I'm on Ross St. Brown isn't going to turn into Tyler Boyd. Like they're not going to add a split end and a flanker. He's going to be the full time guy. It takes it just takes me longer than most people to acknowledge that, and I admit my fault. Right? Yeah. I'm not going to admit that the trading away these guys because of the five percent hit rate. I'm not going to say that's a bad move because that's what I do. But I will admit that, like I, I need to get better at, at turning around and saying, okay, we did trade those guys away. These ones were good. This one was the mistake, right? And but like the thing is with the process, I'm not going to turn around and stop doing it the way I do it. So. I would say a couple things to that because I think you're you're you're, you're wise in the 5% hit rate. The one thing I would say is that I, I and this is not uh conceded or anything. It's just true. I I'm, my hit rate is higher than 5%. The overall hit rate is 5%. I feel like I'm a better, you know, evaluator. So okay, so mine's automatically a little bit more, call it 10%. And then whether it's 5 10 5 or 10% or 2% or 12%, the other thing to remember is that the upside is unknown. You know, with with certain players that are already in the NFL, you know, a Curtis Samuel or a Tyler Boyd or whatever, you're kind of like, okay, we know what we've got. We're, we're, Curtis Samuel isn't going to all of a sudden become Amon Ross St. Brown, right? But Amon Ra, after he's drafted, could become Amon Ross St. Brown. You know what I mean? Right. In other words, Puka Nakua had that ceiling just because it's completely unknown. And so those types of players, you don't necessarily want to be all in because you think they're going to become that, but you have to be open enough to consider the, the randomness of the upside and downside. You know, Curtis Samuel isn't going to be out of the league either, but Puka Nakua could have been a complete bust. Like there's right. so much variance to their potential outcomes. Well, here's the thing. And then this is why it's so important to have someone like Jax or someone like myself or both of us, well, ideally going through and combing through and figuring out who these guys are and what they are. Because at the end of the day, the hit rate, the, the general hit rate, say it's 5%, yeah. right? 
but we can rule out very easily a good chunk of those players, right? So yes. if a, a guy is drafted specifically to be a special teams player and you know exactly why some of these guys are, are drafted, you yes. can remove them. Guys that are that are pure field stretchers and that's all they'll ever be. Tight ends and shit. Right? Yeah. Like we removed Tutu Atwell and then these guys and Brent Strange. And Anthony Schwartz, because yeah, exactly. Yes. Tight ends, especially. We can remove the Drew samples of the world for yes. you, right? And then on the other side, you look at it and say, okay, why did this guy fall? You look at the guys that did break out that are the, that are the top end of the hit rate, right? You, you, I've, I've gone through all of them, right? Yes. And you can, you can say to yourself, okay, why did this guy fall? Okay, Pierre Garcon, one of the best, right? He was a, he was a Mount Union guy. Yeah, he was a division three. That's division three, I believe, right? Yeah. So like, he's Mount Union, right? Uh, Julian Edelman. He played yeah. quarterback, quarterback, right? Tyreek Tyre Hill. I don't even want to. I don't even want to say why he fell, but like, you, you know what I mean. You, you go through, yard. right? Like, you know what I mean. Like, you go through, and there's not a lot of pure. There's not a lot of Marvin Joneses out there that you there that don't have a lot of warts to them, right? Like, even right. Stephon Diggs had the injury issues and you know getting suspended for fighting with teammates and coaches and 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 attitude stuff like. You can Indeed. kind of paint that picture. So you got to look around and say, okay, why did this guy fall? Well, maybe Almond Ross St. Brown fell because his brother, you know, was a was, ding was yeah. a ding dong and his dad is crazy and he has these kids eating meatballs for breakfast. Yeah. And he changed their last name because he thought it was cool. Like, so you think about that. Maybe that's why he fell. Maybe right. Puka Puka Deku, I don't know why the hell he fell. Cause when you go back and look at the yards per route run and everything, like he's kind yeah. of awesome. But if well, you can I, pay he he fell because he didn't look like I, I think there's you know, look, it's, Ray Garvin right. mentioned this. He goes, dude, the guy just don't look like he's the guy. And I'm like Hunter Renfro. Hunter like, Renfro looks like a pen salesman. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hunter Renfro looks like D Dustin Pedroia, you know, it was like just an interesting take. I'm like, there is some of that. Like it, there is some of that. dissonance. You, you you know, you're a uh, front off front office guy, you're like, now let's just take this guy instead. Like there's just a either or and you're like, eh, forget it, not this guy. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So I mean, like once you rule out, I think the hit rate, once you start ruling yes, those guys rule out, out, right? So it's yes. that's what it is for me. It's like and I know in my leagues, like I have leagues that we draft fourth, fourth round, fifth round rookie. I know I have to take D three guys. I don't like it, but I have to separate the ones that I'm gonna like versus the ones I'm not gonna like. So yep. boom. I think that's yeah, that's great, man. Uh let, let's move on. Let me ask before we get to the next topic here, what's your favorite dynasty format? Because I always want to the thing is we all in our brain we have like the the format that's our format right so because like and i the arguments on twitter you know it's like you got these super flex guys arguing against the best ball guys we're arguing against the people that have been playing for 30 years in standard leagues and everyone in their league always takes running backs it's like i need to know what your mindset is so for this next segment here where we debate i need to know what 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 is what, what is your brain default to like for instance half ppr or full ppr i got it I've got it. All right. Man no, I've got it. Managed lineup. Yep. Super flex. Yep. Tight end premium slight or whatever. That's, I mean, it's fine. Good, I'm, good. I'm okay. That's the modern format. That's the most modern format. 12 team. Start 12. I like deep. I like them deep. Good. Half PPR, half point per first down. Half PPR. I love that. I love that because um, that's that's real football. Right? Yes, like, exactly. Scott Fish, Scott Fish. I, I mentioned the half PPR, half point per first down on Heath Cummings show, and is Scott it. Fish was Smash like, like, dude, he, dude, he put that in the notes uh, or the comments, and I was like, yes, and I yeah. said this should be the law of the land, like because PPR is too much, and and standard is like you know watching dinosaurs. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Right, right, right. This right. is the perfect split of the difference. And and gosh darn it, if first downs aren't the most valuable damn thing in the game. 
Right. I mean, too, there's two, when you watch real football, like we do all this, you know, yeah. all this crazy analysis or whatever, when you watch real football, there's two things that matter. There's first down, first downs yeah. and touchdowns, right? Yes. That's it. It's literally it. And, and, and making your field goals. But I mean, first converting is it. That's the one word convert, right? Convert. convert, convert as many first downs as you can and hopefully convert the touchdown. And if not, can convert the field goal. That's it. That's so, it. Yeah. And I also like, uh, I do, I, the one rule that I've, I try to, any new league, I throw this out there. I say, Hey, let's do some points for fourth down stops for defenses, mm-hmm. just because it's a fun moment, just because yeah. it's a fun moment. And we need reasons to root for defenses a little bit more. And it's when you're just picture in your mind, how fired up the defense is when they make that stop. Yes. Everyone's running around and going, ah, we got them and pointing. And you know what I mean? Like to be, to have a to have like a, a dog in that fight, either on the first downside totally. for the offense, but also on the stop side, I love having it because yeah. then you feel like you're play, part of it. You're going to still play with defenses, which I don't, but if you are going to play with defenses, there needs to be a reckoning with how we score defenses for sure. For sure. For sure. Right. Yeah. yeah it's, it's nice. It, it is. I've, I've found that, because, you know, it's really hard to root for your defense in fantasy. Like, you, yeah. I don't really do it much, but I found myself now, I'm like, when we do it, I'm like, those are my boys. I'm like, we just yeah, we maybe, got them. We stop. Maybe like a third and fourth down conversion percentage almost. Like, if you right. give up a third down conversion, it's a minus of some sort of point value. And if you stop a third down conversion, it's a positive of some type of point value. You know, you look at whatever the league average is and all the rest of it, and you create a – that would be the way to go. Because then every third down, you're like, dude – get off the field, you know, because right, that's what right, we're right, trying right. to cheer for anyway, right? So yeah, yeah it could be an interesting way to measure it, man. I like anyway, it. okay. So I was I was saying that so that we could frame it for this yeah, for some debates, dude. And I know some I know, you know, we we chat all the time. So I know the players you like. So what I'm doing is I'm putting them up against tough, tough matchups. Yeah. So you kind of t- tell everybody who you like of these two players and uh you know and, and any guidance you can give, right? And they're they're gonna be tough because I went through and yeah. I looked at I looked at you know the fantasy pros. I looked at keep trade cut. I looked at uh, I love um, Alex Korf. You know Alex Korf uh, peaked in high school. Uh, oh, his, yeah, yeah. Oh, link. oh yeah, yeah. You got to check. He's got a trade chart where he takes all the industry sentiments and puts it together, and then has value, numeric value next to all the players, right? So that you can go and say, okay, this player plus this player. Equals this player. It's a great, great tool. Yeah, cool, it's a, it peaked in high school. He's a Reddit guy, and if he's with Draft Sharks, so yeah, shout out peaked in high school, Alex Korf. Cool. That's my guy. So I went through and I kind of pulled them all, and I was like, okay. I said these two players similarly ranked and similar age. So let's do QB first. I yeah. know, I know you're a Brock Purdy guy. You're not been shy about that, right? Well, uh, yeah. You go ahead and keep going because <laughs> I've also been. So here's the thing: you sent me this, and you asked me if I would want to change anybody. And you, the guy that you put Brock Purdy against, has been my guy. I know. So that's so why that's I did that. Hard, I love I it. So that's why I did I that. Like, no, so, don't change it. Put me so, on the spot, damn it. Great debate. The format is super flex, half PPR. You know, uh, and yeah, we'll okay. do four four point passing, right? Four point okay. passing or six? Sure. No, no. You're saying like okay. It. Six. Okay. Six point passes. No, this is your, this is your format. We're going to your world. Six point passing uh, Brock Purdy versus Trevor Lawrence, both honestly about because Purdy was a little older for, for prospects. So both 24 year old guys right now. Oh man. Who do you got? Who do you got? You know, I've been steaming up. It's, it's, it's so unfair for you to pick Trevor Lawrence. And I, I love that you did. That's why when you said, should I change it? I'm like, don't change it. Put me on the spot. That's the way this is supposed to work. Damn it. I think in a lot of ways with Brock Purdy, it's like, you know, Chuck said it the other day. He's like, what's going to change? 
what is going to change for Brock Purdy? The offense? No. The coaching? No. The the scheme? No. Nothing's changing. He's going to be there again next year. He's going to have all these great weapons. He's going to be in this great system. He's proven he can run it. I think he's really proven. Look, he proved it with his legs a little bit, obviously, in this past game, totally. Um, He's just – I think he's just good enough to be be a great quarterback going forward. I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, I don't know that he's going to be as prolific for his entire career. I would certainly bet against that for sure. But I think, you know, when you talk about guys like Kirk Cousins and guys that have just been found money because they've been such a pro every single year, I think he's on that track at the very least. And it's really hard to, to bet against them. You put him against someone that I just feel like is super talented right. and has really gotten the raw end of it for, you know, two out of the three years so far in terms of, you know, there were some underlying stats that, that showed that Trevor was really dealing with, you know, bad defense and, Lots of drops, lots of just a just a tough go. Mess, yeah. You cannot devoid him of blame. He has not been as good as he needs to be either. But I do I do still believe in, in Trevor. If I were on the clock, I would I would tank and just absolutely throw up in my in my lap before probably pressing the button on Trevor Lawrence. But it is super close. But I do have I think I think I have um Brock Purdy at like quarterback nine or something in my rankings so he to me you know he's definitely in that quarterback one conversation and yeah he's he's there man I think he's a great value because a lot of times still I think he's falling um you know certainly the the whoever you get at quarterback 12 in a dynasty startup right now I think is a really good pick whoever that might be because literally I think there's about 12 really solid you know dynasty startup uh quarterbacks right now so yeah. yeah Exactly. And I, my only concern with Purdy is something we talked about earlier with the three headed monster. You got the three headed dragon. And if things go south, you need to cut off one of the heads. I just feel like they would never, like they Lynch is, Lynch and Shanahan are locked, right? Yeah. So, like, if push comes to shove, but that would be down the road because, I mean, things are, they're going to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, those Bowl. concerns are, and the, the, obviously he's the guy next year and probably the year after that until the rookie deal. So, like, those concerns. Like I, said, I think he's going to be good. I don't, I don't rear think, their heads. He could just be he flat out somewhere good. else. I think he's going to be good. I think he's a good quarterback. That's that. Yeah, and, right. and, and, and to the to the Debbie virgins out there, they're, they're nodding their heads because, um, Brock Purdy was a, a, a really elite prospect coming out of high school. He was he was one of those guys. It was like the Brock Purdy draft in a few years, and then he kind of just lost a little bit of steam. He's not as um, gifted, like he's not Josh Allen. You know what I mean? He doesn't have. He kind of looks like um, you know Hunter Renfro. You know, he's got all these sort of negatives in that way. But you know, Tom Brady had some of that too. And I'm not trying to com- compare them, but they ought be compared a bit. They're they're you so, know, to some degree. Team. To did, some degree, you got to go. Did there. you? I have to jump in. Did you see the comparison that came out on Twitter of who Brock Purdy looks like? Oh no! Tell me. Did oh I my god! It? It's yeah. it's so funny. It's it, they look so incredibly similar. Lee, somebody pulled up a picture of Lee Harvey Oswald. Oh shit! <laughs> it looks just like Brock. I swear to God, check it out on Twitter. It looks just like Brock Purdy, bro. Oh it is god. so funny, dude. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but here's here's my take on it. You guys, are you ready for this? If you want to do a startup, if you want, if you like Brock Purdy, do a startup draft and draft Brock Purdy because you'll get a good discount on him. If you want to jump in and and get an orphan team, and that, or if you like Trevor Lawrence, go go pick up an orphan team because there are probably people out there that that invested a lot in Trevor Lawrence and they're giving up, and you could probably pick up a team with Trevor, you know, and then and then uh, you know sell the rest of the assets. I'll tell you right now, Trevor, for sure, bingo. And if you want to. Uh, if you want to do that now, the place to do it, FFPC. 
that's where I go to do these things. Uh, you can use promo code COOP right now. They'll give you 25 bucks when you deposit 35 or more. And you can either do a startup or you can pick up an orphan team. According to Eric Bachman uh, over there, great guy. He says they've never had a league fold never because fold. they that's just right. have too many people come in. Yeah, so right. go over there. And, and again, you can play from 77 bucks up to 2,500. I'm not doing any. Do you have any high, really, really high stakes dino leagues? Um, not really, really high stakes. I, 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 I view those as like, you know, there's like, I know people who are in like 10,000. 10. Yeah. But so, you're, you're no. in a couple hundred for sure. A couple yeah, hundred dollars. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 But you can do That's the place to do it. I mean, I, we, we did the, um, yeah, they've got some good high stakes, yeah. uh, leagues for sure. Yeah. Oh, we cover, we cover a lot of those. We covered a $10,000 one where a guy, it was redraft. His first two running backs he took were Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery, both. Put wow. 10, 10 grand on that, brother. Yeah, it's crazy. So go over to my FFPC, use promo code COOP. They'll give you 25 bucks when you deposit 35 or more. Anyway, back to the great debates. Let's see how many of these we can get through. I, I we're gonna go. do one at each position, but uh let's 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 rapid fire a little bit. Yeah. Uh, or we, you know what? Let's let's not cut the information. Say what you gotta say. Yeah, here, running back one, two interesting names because they're in they're different spots, right? Yeah, we've got uh, one guy, Zach Charbonnet, who was pretty highly touted, but landed with uh, Kenneth Walker, right? And then you got another guy, Tajay Spears. A lot of questions about him. There were questions about the knee, you know, but he still got drafted okay, but, you know, behind Derrick Henry. But now Derrick Henry is expected to be gone. So one guy kind of the better opportunity. The other guy had the better better profile among many. Where are you at with these guys? Very similar aged. Uh, Tajay Spears versus Zach Charbonnet, and I'll throw one extra curveball in there. If you want, you can also pick Kenneth Walker who's also very similar age of this group. So who do you think? If you're going to take well, one I, on the clock. I, I take Kenneth Walker over Tajay still. Okay. Uh, just because I, you know, Tajay's got that knee issue o- over the long term. I think maybe they're very close. Maybe Tajay. Tajay at, at his price, I think. Look, Tajay Spears is an absolute buy. He still is. Um, I, I, I view him as a running back one-two with – potential upside well above that for 2024 and i don't see zach charbonnet anywhere close to that value so for me it's an absolute smash on tajay i probably have tajay quite a bit higher than consensus that's actually how i did this i looked at um you know my rankings and i put it versus experts you know in um in fantasy pros you know and um and, and i was so much higher on 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 tajay spears and I think I can get even higher on Tajay. You know, when you look at players like James Cook, DeAndre Swift, even Javante Williams, like Tajay is could definitely be higher than those guys. I mean, you know, Kenneth Walker, you mentioned, I do have Kenneth Walker ahead of him, but he's right there. Like, you know, Tajay is, look, once the season starts, Tajay is going to gain all the steam from everybody else. So he's still kind of a buy for me. I, I don't recommend sort of buying um, – running backs at all but i do recommend selling some running backs for other running backs you know so um you know if you 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 have to have them you have to have them. you do at the end of the day yeah i mean i i would not trade a wide receiver for a running back almost ever because i think i just always rather go the other way um in general uh but but yeah tajay's just uh screaming by until he isn't you know dude i'm gonna i gotta send you the link after this to peaked in high school man because you would you're gonna love it because what you just described like because he'll post these on reddit and people will be like oh this is stupid like these these numbers i don't like them 
well, he'll say good. That's a good thing because this is not my rankings. This is the industry sentiment, right? Exactly. right? And his formula puts that all together. So when you look at this chart and you say this is wrong, good. That's a good, good. thing because it means yeah. that you can take advantage. Guys That's too right. high, sell. Guys too low, go get them. The problem is it's so difficult for us as fantasy gamers to look at this list and see one of our own players and say, I drafted this guy. I like this guy. He's too high on this list. Mm -hmm. That If you can look at a chart or look at rankings and say that to yourself, you just became the king. You just became. You just got the best gift you could possibly get, which is that you realize that you have permission to trade one of your players for, for a player that you like better. That's my favorite thing. It's so hard to find it, right? Yep. No, you oh, have to. You have I to. love that. People get so mad. They're like, why is my guy ranked so low? Why is this other guy ranked so high? It's like, don't get mad. Like, real, real recognize. Take advantage. Take yeah. advantage. You should be happy. Like, if your day, like when I tell people go trade this player, when I say tr sell high on this guy, you shouldn't be upset that your player's on the list. You should be pumped that your player's yeah. on the list because yeah. you because you, you won. You know what I mean? You yeah. already won. Uh, so, good. I'm with you on Tajay Spears. I'm just hoping they don't bring in somebody annoying like a – an AJ Dillon or a plotter. It's you know what I mean? Like, but he'll still have the better rule. So I'm not worried about AJ Dillon. Yeah. Okay, let's get to two more excited ones. Uh Matt Deutsch, the producer behind the glass. Shout out Matt. Just uh in my ear said, Hey, you know what? No hard out today, actually. We don't have a show after this. Usually we do, but uh no hard out. So we could go a couple minutes after. I know you okay. got to get set up. You have a great guest today. Uh, I do coming. Is he is he, he was at. I know he was at the Senior Bowl. Is he yeah. at the Super Bowl? But you have great guests coming on. Uh, I don't know. Have you Thor, everybody? Uh, yeah, I have Thor Nystrom today. Uh, the show will drop tomorrow. Um, you know, but yeah, Thor. Uh, every year, he, you know, it's awesome. I I reached out to Thor this year. I said, Hey, what what week do you want to come on? He goes, Senior Bowl week, man. And he yeah, goes, yeah, I'm your yeah, Senior yeah, Bowl yeah. guy. I love that. So you know, every single year I get Thor for the Senior Bowl. He's just he's such a great orator and so great at breaking down college prospects and their utilization. He's, he's just a real fun guy to talk awesome. to and fucking love that guy. So he's yeah, I awesome, can't wait. Dude. Can't yeah. wait. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm recording with him after we're done here. No, no, too, no rush too much. Uh, so he's, he's, he's ready for us. No. Okay, cool. Yeah. We, so we can go a couple minutes over, but yeah, I want to make good. sure you're ready to rock for that. Yeah. Thanks, great. Man, great guy. It. I always check out that show, man. That's good. That's, you know, because again, I'm doing, I'm doing free agent stuff right now and I'm setting that whole plate for, for yes. everybody. So I do like to to check in and be like, okay, Thor was at the senior bowl. He's got boots on the ground. What are him and Jack's looking at? This gotta, gotta know. I'm actually excited because I, I didn't do as much work on the senior bowl this year as I did last year. Last year, I was like all into tank Dell. I wanted to see what was going on. So I was like, just, I watched every bit of it right. this year. Not as much. So I'm just like, I'm going to be learning with the guests this week exactly what went on down on, on the ground there okay well perfect well here we go then wide receiver question we're mm. gonna do well let's use tank Dell because i know you love tank Dell. there we go uh and and pretty much the industry and virtually everybody had jackson smith and Najigba as a top guy jsn was number one obviously yep. he landed at a spot where you know he's got to kind of go the chris godwin path you know play a little slot cd lamb as well people forget rookie year played almost exclusively slot Right, finishes yes. wide receiver twenty four, and then once he became a full time guy, it was boom, wheels up. Smell you later. So, uh, right now, I know you're a long term approach guy, right? So, from that standpoint, maybe you don't ditch JSN, but do you rank Tank Dell at this stage ahead of JSN? I wonder what the chat thinks. Let's go, boys. Chat, chat. What, what do, do you, you got? Tank Dell or JSN? That's a spicy meat the ball. Let me. That's tell a spicy you. meat the ball. I think a lot of people are like you know, nervous about Tank Dell because of how good Nico Collins was. I, I, I'm not. I think Tank Dell is the legit alpha predator. I think he is 
I would definitely take him ahead of um, JSN. Um, JSN is going to be great. I think he's also a slot guy. You know, we learned that last year, a, a full year ago before JSN was drafted, you know, Felix Sharp came on my pod and said that he kind of liked Josh Downs ahead of JSN as a straight up prospect. And I was like, wow, that's a spicy meatball, as you would yeah, say on this yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, man, is that real? Is Can he really think that? And he said that he felt like uh, Downs had more utility as a downfield threat. Turns out that's actually true. You know, whether or not, you know, JSN can can morph into a Amon Ross St. Brown or not, that remains to be seen. Is he closer to Tyler Boyd or is he closer to Amon Ra, JSN? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think he's definitely in between those two players. But then when we look at Tank Dell, we know what he is. He is the ultimate I get open at will in the middle of the field for a quarterback paired with C.J. Stroud for a long period of time. They're both on their rookie deals. They're not going anywhere. And if they actually do fall in love, then they're going to extend both of them together, and they might have a six, seven, eight-year run together. Give me all the Tank Dell, and especially when you losers play PPR. Joke. Yeah. <laughs> well, is Z, a lot of Tank in the chat. Z trying to cheat, saying if JSN, if Lockett was let go. Well, yeah, okay. No, nope, I'm still fine. Ooh, you can you okay. can ship Lockett to the moon, and it's Tank Dell over JSN. I like both players. I think JSN. I think the trajectory for JSN is going to be similar to Godwin. Not that he's going to be the wide receiver two in year three, but Godwin needed, you know, it was Mike Evans on one side, which of course is DK Metcalf. And then he was behind Deshaun Jackson. And then once Deshaun Jackson was gone, he got the playing time. So, but I'm with you on Tank Dell. And I will tell you this uh, we had Brandon Huffman on, who uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but he's like a kind of a legendary high school to college scout, right? Yeah. And he does a lot of work. Virgin. Yeah, 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 no, this guy is definitely not. A, yeah, this guy is definitely not a virgin. He's a, he's he's a beast, dude. I'm joking. Dude. I'm joking. I know. joke. Debbie joke. People joining us late. That's a Debbie joke. It's not. Brandon Huffman played tight end. Oh, he will, I, love, he will, I, love him. I wouldn't fight him. I wouldn't fight him. That's with why both it was funny. Us. Come on. That is funny. That is funny. But but Brandon Huffman basically said, "I was like, where's the process start for you? Right? I was like, where's the process start? And he goes, "I gotta find out whether these guys have it." Like, as the kids would say, whether they have that dog in them. Yes. And he's like, first and foremost, he's like, so he's like, I don't care about size and speed and metrics and any of that until I find that out. And he actually specifically, we were talking tight ends that day. Yeah. He specifically mentioned Josh Downs. Yeah. And said Josh Downs is a killer. And his his brother, his younger brother, Caleb Downs, is a killer. He just he was at Alabama, just entered the transfer portal. I think he might have landed in Ohio State, but he plays defensive back. He's like, these guys are killers. It doesn't matter how big they are. And that's kind of like Tank Dell and some of these guys where other guys we've seen, like Nikhil Harry, yeah. turns out they don't have it. So they can be the perfect size and the perfect speed and all the things you want to see, yeah. and they just don't have it, dude. So, yeah, chat's got it right. Huffman smashes for sure. But, yeah, yeah for is, sure. Yeah, no, that's that is funny. Boy. But, yeah, yeah, to your point, like, it, that, honestly, since he said that, because I was for a very long time a guy that would just take all those players and put them in a box and put the box yeah. into the bed and never look in there. And and every once in a while you poke in and say, hey, Rondo Moore, how you doing? Not that good. Okay. Well, you're an outlier, so that's why you're in the box. But now I, I've I've gotten more nuanced where, again, just like the day three guys, you have to look into the, the smaller subset of outliers and say, okay, which one of these outliers has the best chance to do it? 
Yeah. If if one of these guys is going to be the guy, which one's going to be the guy, right? Yeah. I, and, it and it tanked that, obvious in that. In that I, I would argue that they're not outliers anymore because the anatomy series that I do has shown that these wide receivers are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And the game is changing. This is a this is definitely a take for you, Andrew, because you follow the game very, very closely. And you know there's more three wide receiver, four wide receiver, five wide receiver sets. There's more right. wide receivers on the field. The slot is being targeted at a much higher rate year over year. The the, the A dot is coming down. Like defensive percentage is going up. They can't hit guys, right? So there's so many things that are like actual football takes that actually lend to these smaller receivers actually having utilization. I'll ask you one other thing. Uh, you probably could have said Tank Dell or Jordan Addison, and you'd have had me a little bit closer. I actually have all three of those guys back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, yeah, and I've got yeah, it. Yeah. Dell, Addison, JSN. So I think Addison is even a tougher question when you go to Dell, but I think still Tank Dell. Right. To your point on the you know the different formations and stuff, I moved Tank Dell. There was one day where I moved Tank Dell up, 30 spots in my rankings yeah, right. that that was the day where I, I logged in to do my snap count article and you know went to look at slot guy tank dell and realized that he just played 50 snaps out wide outside at, at flanker he yep. is already a full-time guy opposite nico collins correct and noah brown people people think tank dell's just a slot guy they don't know because nope. they don't if you don't watch the texas you don't watch the games you don't at least go and look at the stats after you think he's in the slot but no robert woods and noah brown were he's a full-time player Yes. You move those guys right up. And the day Josh Downs takes – Alec Pierce led the league in routes run and was wide receiver 71. So the day that the Colts realized that and have Josh Downs as the full-time guy and have Alec Pierce as the guy that comes in for two, for three wide receiver sets and comes out for two wide receiver yeah. sets is the day that Josh Downs blows up and crushes. And the same for Jaden Reed and the same for a lot of these guys that are currently part-time players. They need Bingo. to they, they need to break that – that mold and you see it and become Keenan Allen and become Cooper cup that are out there for two wide receiver sets and play slot in three wide receiver sets. So yeah. Boom. boom shalaka, shakalaka. Get those guys before it happens because now you can't get tanked out, but you no. can get, you can make those bets still. Uh, you can still right. get Josh downs. You can still get Josh downs. And I think he's the next one to do that. Uh, Alec Pierce. I mean, my goodness, all exercise team on paper. He's the perfect paper tiger, man. Six, yeah. three, fast as heck right handsome kid like <laughs> you want right you want him to he's the guy you want to win but and not I a virgin you know, not a virgin no, 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 no he's way. getting it yeah 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 so uh, okay let's get you out with with one last one my the position i love and again this goes to what we talked about the times are changing a lot more guys playing slot and tight ends playing slot a little cheat code action but two guys i know uh i like and i know that that you that you like as well uh it's a tough one uh, I'm going to leave Sam Laporta out of this one, but I believe like there could be arguments to be made uh, for either of these guys to some degree. We're going to leave Sam Laporta out. Trey McBride against Dalton Kincaid. Trey McBride versus Dalton Kincaid. So Kincaid was the chosen one coming out. Uh, you know he he did earn the slot role. Laporta kind of overtook him uh, in that in that regard. But I still like him. And then there's Trey McBride, who you know with this ghost ship that the Cardinals have built, where they're trying to move to the future. He emerged as an absolute target hog to the point where Zach Ertz said, this isn't fun for me anymore. I want out. So yeah. Trey McBride or Dalton Kincaid and Dino, if you were drafting today. Let's go to chat. I want to hear who you guys got. And Ryan Loesch, Rhino is riding with me. It is Trey McBride. I have there Trey McBride is. as my tight end two in Dynasty. Absolutely. 
Um, look, I like Dalton Kincaid. I thought he was, uh, you know, certainly a, a worthy uh, tight end one in that class. I kind of had him as my tight end one. Then he got drafted as the tight end one. So I, I'm a big fan of Dalton Kincaid. But I was actually trading off of Dal- Dalton Kincaid uh, late in the first round of rookie drafts last year to move back and sometimes draft uh, Laporta plus. So I really like that move. I'm not a huge Dalton Kincaid fan. I do think he has some limitations. As you point out, he plays a little bit more slot than anything. So he could sort of be schemed out uh, of, 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 of opportunity if he were playing in a different system. Trey McBride is a beast. He's an all-purpose tight end, you know, land sea in there he can play no matter what you know right so he is there i don't care what wide receivers they can get all the wide receivers in the world he is still gonna get those tight end targets goal line targets play action targets scene targets slot targets he was heavily targeted he was heavily efficient it is absolutely 100 trey mcbride who might even be the tight end one in dynasty if we're not being so short-sighted. I mean, this guy is the legit player, can play on all facets. I absolutely love Trey McBride. So Trey McBride, easy answer. Book honestly, honestly, and this might be blasphemous because people know how Trey big Lennon. I am. Like, um, don't, yeah, Trey Land and C. Uh, yeah, they it might be blasphemous to, to people that have followed me for a long time, but, you know, I'm, I have to rank Trey McBride ahead just because if you also think about what it would take to dislodge these guys from being a top two target on the team. It just takes a lot more from McBride at this stage. Right. Mm -hmm. So like with the bills, they go out and get one wide receiver to line up opposite of Stefan Diggs, And now Dalton Kincaid is not a top two target on the team anymore. Whereas Marquise Brown's probably out. I know he had some very strange things going on towards the end there. And like, what, what exactly would need to happen? Like, they're not gonna are they gonna go out and get Michael Pittman and Calvin Ridley? I mean, are they gonna get Michael Pittman and draft? You know, like they're gonna get T, are the Cardinals gonna get T Higgins and then draft a guy who's better than Trey McBride and deserves more targets than Trey McBride? It's just it's not I just feel like it's not gonna happen. But even right? if they do, he he can line up as an inline tight end, right? Whereas Dalton right. Kincaid sort of proved that he has to man somewhat of a slot role. So you're right, if they kind of bring in some sort of slot savant, you know, then He's squeezed. He may not be eliminated, I don't think, but he's squeezed. It's squeezed harder to squeeze McBride. Right. Bingo. Yeah. So I'm with you, man. I have to rank it that way, though. I still love Dalton Kincaid. Me I'm too. Still, yeah. Absolutely. Especially in a situation because I don't think he is going anywhere. And I do think that they see him and value him with first-round capital as a slot weapon for um, for Josh Allen. So I, I do disagree. I'm not like, oh, afraid of Dalton Kincaid getting too squeezed out. But we saw it even with Dawson Knox. You know, Dawson Knox – played when he was healthy and they played together it wasn't like right. you know so it was they told us they were gonna do it they told us they were gonna do it and dawson knox played way more wide receiver than i thought like it Isn't wasn't just i didn't like that i didn't like that at all so yeah yep. let's but enough dawson knox but yeah people forget yeah. trey mcbride was the first tight end drafted in the year he was drafted he was in drafting the second round yep. literally exactly where the best tight end of the class should be drafted in most years right it's yes. just not that often you're gonna have a college tight end. stats were bonkers. good he's a good player so there you go. All right. I've kept you long enough. We kept you over time. Appreciate you guys hanging in the chat and staying with us, dude. Matt Deutsch, appreciate you hanging with us, man. Tell me, man, wh- what you got going on. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you. And let me know when uh, when you want me to come back on and, and chat on yours. We'll do soon. a home, home and home. Yeah, yeah, Shut me soon. up. Soon, soon, soon. we got to have you on. I love having Andrew on. I love talking with Andrew Cooper. He can just, you know, 
the words flow out of him. It's amazing. I love you. Thank you for having me on this show. We are doing a ton of stuff at the Undroppables. We've we brought on a lot of different partners and and contributors, and there's so much going on. So go check us out at theundroppables.com. Check us out on the Undroppables feed on um, uh, Twitter as well as our YouTube page. We we kind of ignored YouTube for a while, and now we're making a concerted effort to have a great YouTube presence. A lot of cool shows on there. Uh, it's a lot of fun. So we're doing a lot of great stuff, and of course. My show, The Undrafted, where where podcasts are found. Killing it, man. Definitely. I looking at the schedule. Uh get me on for uh get me on right around March eleventh or so. So the combine's the end of February. Yeah. Right. And then you'll you'll be going crazy with the combine stuff. And then March eleventh is the legal tampering period. Let's so get me on yeah, get me on either right before it so we can speculate yeah, yeah, like yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. Or right or right after so we yep. can analyze. Let's Bingo. do right before. Yeah, yeah. We'll no, do some free crazy speculation. Stuff. I'll get you free agent. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Because I'll be finishing my series on the March 9th. So anytime around there, check your schedule. All right, Jackies. gang. Thank you, Jack. See you the man. Thank you in the chat. Uh make sure go over to Better Edge and get set up there. Better Edge, uh, use promo code alarm and get in the contest there. We're giving away a free Jordan Addison autograph picture. It's free. So go get set up with that. QR code on the screen right now for that. And also, if you want to play Dino, go get set up at my FFPC. Use promo code COOP. They'll give you 25 bucks when you deposit 35 or more. First time depositor. That's it for us. We're out of here, baby. Let's go.